embracing layers, yeah. Hello, Field Podcast audience. Welcome back this week. I'm here today with June Kraholic Collins, and June's story is one of the most compelling, courageous stories that I've ever had the opportunity to share. And we've had some really compelling, courageous stories, but this one hits this one hits a little differently today, especially for you moms and grandparents out there. And you'll understand why in a minute. I'm usually not so upfront with that, but I but June's story. It requires that. And and, and I want to honor all of those people who have been through um, this kind of experience. So if you are someone who's a, experienced a recent loss, especially of a child, in any f- way or form, this may or may not be for you. So you kind of have to decide if you're ready for this story or if this is a story that you need to come back to later. And the good news is embracinglayers.com will have this story there for always, both in the episode and the blog and the sources that June is going to provide to us via our sources page. So know that going in. I met June through Podmatch and I knew right away her story was one we needed to talk about. There's so much around this topic we're going to go into today that's too many women suffer in silence with. And and June is going to talk about how she walked through her own story with this and how, and it's going to come out organically, what drove her to do what she does today. Um, she describes herself as a self-starter, an introvert, inspirational, integrity, easy to talk to, and a leader, especially in the area of child laws. Um, she's courageous, and sh- and all of those things are true. June, welcome to the Field Podcast. Thank you for having me and let me share my story. Oh, it- it's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to have you here. All right, we're going to jump right into it. How to prioritize self-care in your life? I would imagine that has evolved over time for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when I never believed in self-care, I was just like, yeah, I can skip it. And that, that was me. That was me until um, obviously 2012. And when I lost my son in 2012, it was, I had to figure out how to come back from that, you know, and, and that's, that's a weird way to put it, but you had to figure out how to come back. And one of the things that I took on at that time was actually self-care. And the first thing that I put into place was every every morning I get up I get up a little bit earlier. Well, I get up at five, but that's a long story. But I get up at five every day and I spend 30 and 40 minutes just reminiscing, not reminiscing Mm. about my child loss, but just reminiscing about how am I feeling? How, you know, am I doing? And it's just that quiet time because since my loss, I've had a, I've had a daughter and, you know, Mm. you know, children and mom and being mom and being wife. And um, so that is like one of the biggest things that I prioritize because I've noticed that if I don't do that, then I'm irritable. I, I am I am irritable in the day because I feel like it was stolen away from me, I guess you could say. Um, so that is one of the major things that I do. And I make sure that I do it every day. It's, it's like no exception. It's one of those things that you have to do every day. Like you have to brush your hair, you have to brush your teeth, um, you have to go to work. So it is one of the things that I have to do every day. And there's no exception for me. Um, And I know that my I say attitude is different. And my well being throughout the day is different if I don't do that. And um, so that is one of the biggest things. And I just make it that's what I do. I just said it, I say, you know, this is it. And then another thing I do is obviously when I lost my child, um, I I call them triggers, like things that get me upset, Mm. the things that make me angry. And and I have a lot of them. And um, I sit down and I actually think about it. I actually go, why am I feeling this way? Why am why is this happening? Um, and I actually break it down and I mentally break it down. Why am I feeling this emotion? And by doing that, that helps me move forward in the day. And, yeah. you know, it's just little things like that, that I do on a daily basis just to make, make sure that I'm okay. Um, another thing too, is I really don't believe that if I'm having a bad day, whether I'm sad, I'm angry, I know that I can change that. I don't have to be in a bad mood all day long. Um, I know that 
I can choose to be have bad moments, bad hours, or bad days. And mm. you know, for me, what works for me and what I found works for me is getting on YouTube and watching a bunch of funny videos or going outside and taking a walk. And if I don't want to go outside, because it is so hot in South Georgia half the time. Um, yeah. especially especially like, oh, here. We're just going into summer when we're recording this. Oh, yeah. I, I have been to Georgia in early July. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so muggy. It's just like, you, yes. know, you don't want to go outside. But sometimes just getting up from where you're at and walking to do something, get a drink of water, um, go get something to eat, um, just change your position. Sometimes that can mm-hmm. help. Um, so yeah. I found like all those little tiny things to prioritize for my self care. And it and it's no exception. You know, if, yeah. if that's, there's no exception. You know, it's, this is me and you have to make that decision um, because you, you know, as well as I do and everybody that's listening know that life happens and stuff that you think you have planned out changes in a moment notice. So you have to say, there's no exception to this. Just like there's no exception that when I get up, I'm going to take a shower, brush my hair and brush my teeth. You have to go ahead and make that an exception. And, and that's, that's kind of how I do it. I love the absoluteness that you've put into that, that commitment level that you understand. There's so many things you said there. One, that sitting down in the morning and just assessing how you're feeling. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because I think that informs where you are in the day and it informs how you can proceed through the day and what you need to proceed right. through the day. And, and mm-hmm. if you don't take the time to do that, you can be irritated and you don't even know why because you didn't take the time to sit with that. So I think that's so powerful. Right. And also the ability, like I think sometimes we feel like things happen to us and we're just a victim of our circumstances right. and tragic mm-hmm. things happen. But recognizing that you have a choice within that, how to proceed. You know, you right. have a choice whether that's going to derail a minute and a second, an hour, or the whole day, or your whole life sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and so finding those places, because I think you that's where you can find your power again, especially going through tragic moments. Okay, what are my choices within this that I can do um, for myself? So I love, I love the absoluteness and, and the, the points you made about that are so powerful. I think I think you hit it on the head right there with the victim, um, and and I I talk about it a lot. Is like I played the victim, you know, the victim mm. of my child loss, and you know, you're you're not a victim. Your child might have been a victim, but you're you're not a victim, you know. Mm. And it's so hard mm. for people to understand that. And basically, when you're a victim, when someone is a victim, and you play that victim role, you're victimizing yourself over and over and over again. And that does not help you moving forward in whatever that trauma is. So, mm-hmm. you know, I say that all the time is like, I thought I was the victim, but I'm not, I'm not the victim, you know, mm-hmm. and don't play the victim role. I think that's important too. that, that re-traumatization. I don't, I yeah. think that that's really like important that we understand the damage that does to us. And that's hard. Like, I don't want to minimize the difficulty of that. When you're in that yeah. kind of grief, it is very difficult to see that. And and there definitely is time that I'm sure that you had to sit in that for a while and oh, let yeah. that move through you. But then mm-hmm. there's a space and time where you've got to move forward. You can't yes. stay stuck there or you'll just because you, you know, you're still, but that boy, that, that would be hard, but I'm really glad you, you talked about that and just yeah. because I think it's so important and, and really ties in with self-care. It's like, okay, yeah. what can I do to not re-traumatize myself? What can I do for right. me today to help me? Whatever mm-hmm. that little thing is, doesn't yeah. have to be something big. It just starts somewhere. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so important. All right. I think this one's an interesting one, confidently setting boundaries. And I say all that because People don't know how to respond to people who have had a very traumatic loss. Right. They just, mm-hmm. they just don't. And mm-hmm. especially a child, any, but any loss, any kind of loss, people just are, we are at a loss as humans. We want to help, but we don't know. And sometimes I would think there has to be boundaries around the kinds of conversations, the comments, or even sometimes the people, if they just aren't helping you with the time 
um, or even just scenarios that you walk into, like understanding what you can and can't handle. So talk to me about your boundaries journey. Yeah. So obviously a child dying is out of the natural life cycle. We're always taught right. that you know, this, this, this is the way it is. And, you know, you're going to bury your parents and then you're going to become, you know, the parent, you know, the older age, middle age, and then you're going to die. And um, it is so hard for people to understand that. And when, when I, when I lost my child, um, I had all of these, my beliefs, my morals, my values, everything changed with me. Because when I first started with it, I thought, well, I just want to go back to the way my life was. And this goes for anybody that experiences loss, any kind of trauma. You never go back to that person you were. And part of that reason is because your beliefs, your morals, and your values change. And what you are going to accept changes. And Mm. I just got to a point where if someone was being difficult or I didn't want to deal with that person, I didn't deal with them. I didn't feel obligated. And nobody, Mm. we are so caught on, we have to be nice to everybody, which I'm not mean to anybody. Don't get me wrong or anything. But, but, you know, if I don't want to be around or go do something I'm not going to do it anymore. And that's okay. It's okay not to do that. And I set my boundaries where do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And by setting those boundaries, it kind of gives me a relief too. And like we spoke Mm -hmm. about earlier, I'm an introvert anyway. And my energy is at home reading something, um, learning something, just being, you know, quiet in my space. And at the time I was, oh, my friend wants to go do this or, oh, they want to go and be with a bunch of people and just, you know, it's just, it it makes me anxious. And Uh that was part of my journey and moving forward. Um, cause I I don't ever think you heal. I learned, I think you learn how to deal with it. And my part of my journey was setting those boundaries. No, I am not going to do this. And it goes back to the self-care thing. It's a priority for me. And it's not a lot of women, especially moms and women feel that if they set themselves as, you know, I'm not going to do something, they're being selfish and they're not at all. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. And it took me a long time because I, I am that very caring person and I am that very, you know, oh, you want me to do something for you? I want to do it. But I had to learn as well for my mental health and my, me feeling good and me not being angry or sad or, you know, all the emotions that you feel. I had to set those boundaries. And, and yeah. basically now I'm not going to if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it um, mm. And before I set appointments or or are set to do something, I'm going to make that decision. I'm not going to make a decision half-heartedly like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. You know, I'm going to evaluate it. Do I really want to do this? And I think that is like one of the biggest things when, when doing that. Yeah. I love that. I love your absoluteness in that and your commitment to that because that's so powerful. And I think it's just such an important step that we as women struggle with, but for us to Mm -hmm. really feel our best selves, our most honest selves, most integrity, most true to who we are. We have to honor and listen to that and trust what we're, our, our feelings, our intuitions, because we'll know. And oh, we're also yeah. going to know if we take on something, we're going to feel it, you know, one yeah. way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I love the absoluteness that you have with that. I think that's so powerful and so healthy. All right. Taking, speaking of that, taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. Talk to me about your journey with that. Cause I would, I, those things are intertwined and, and if we don't deal with things or don't recognize things, they'll show up in other ways. And I'm I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. So talk to me about your journey with that. So when obviously child loss, it's, it's a roller coaster, you know, one minute you're fine. Mm -hmm. The next minute something has, it's like the triggers I was telling you about. And it can be anything like I can, I can remember getting mad because I was standing in line and there was a mom, you know, in another line or something and she's screaming at her kid. And I'm like, you're so lucky you have your kid, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, and I would get those, it was the anguish, anger stuff. And I think the biggest thing with your, your emotions is you have to, I say, get them in check. You have to figure out what is causing this. And obviously that situation was, was my, my child loss was causing me that because 
I didn't have my child, but you had, she had hers. Um, but it could go to, and I, and I can give you an example, like for, for me to identify the triggers, um, my mom passed away last July. So it's coming up on a year. And when I was going through my mom's loss, my son loss was really bad too. I started triggering stuff that I hadn't felt in over 10 years. And, um, I couldn't figure it out, but I had to sit back and analyze it. What is it about my mom's loss? And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to start out doing it, but basically you're trying to break it down. Okay. Well, my mom Mm -hmm. passed away and she's family and Caleb was family. My my son was family. No, that's not it. It's got to be deeper than that. And to go more, what else could it be? And to figure out what it was. And, And I did that and you have to do that with everything in life. But I did that until I figured out that, you know, my mom was one of the only people that are left that I'm still around that I still talk to that was there for his traumatic birth. She was there when he passed away. She took care of him. She knew him as a person. Most people I know Mm. of now only know him from my stories, you know? And um, so that's where it was. But with anything, when you're feeling these emotions, you have to figure out where it comes from. Because if you don't figure out where it's coming from, then you're going to hold on to it. Whether you're thinking of it actually thinking of it or it's in your subconscious mind, it's still there and it's taking up space yeah. in the brain. And if you can free yourself from that emotion and figuring out why you're feeling it, you can mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. Cause even though we're not thinking about something, it's still in the back of our mind and it clogs you up. It does clog. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. It clogs yeah. you up and it doesn't mm-hmm. leave space for other things. Yeah. Also I, you have such a healthy understanding of that. How, how did you get, I mean, how did you get there? Was there a process or was it you just like through really hard stuff realized if I don't work through this, I, I am just not going to get to this point where I can move on and not even move on, move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I, when I started out, out my loss, I had to decide that I was not going to live because I was only 31 when I lost my child. Mm -hmm. So I was not going to live the next 30, 40, 50 years in the place I was living. I was fighting Mm -hmm. so many demons and I was fighting my child loss along with demons of things that I did when I was younger that I didn't feel proud of. And Mm -hmm. I, I had to decide I'm not going to be here. And it's not one of those decisions you can make lightly. It's not to, to move forward in child loss or any traumatic events, you actually have to try. And, you know, some of us are naturally talented at stuff, but like something like this, you actually naturally have to try. And that was the Mm. first step. And once I said, I'm going to do it, I never went back to the day prior. So basically Mm. I said that day I'm going to do it. And then I didn't know who I was because I knew my life was different. I knew I couldn't, I finally knew that I could never go back to where I was but I didn't know who I was. I had to evaluate mm-hmm. what did I believe anymore? What were my morals? What were my values? And once I yeah. figured it out, then I was like, I wonder what my personality is, you know? And that's mm-hmm. when, you know, you know, my personality came out. And, oh, well, that's why I don't like doing that. And for me being an introvert, group counseling is, is like, I know that's like a red flag <laughs> thing, you know, like oh that's gosh, a that's... red flag right there. Nope. A group of people telling my story. And, um, I was really shut off at that time. And I didn't want people to know because number one, I thought no one would understand. And, and I thought I was alone. And we talked about yeah. that. Um, and yeah. I felt silenced because nobody wanted to listen. Um, yeah. you know, after a, what well, what probably about a month of my child loss, people are, you know, I felt when I talked to them that, um, basically it was like, you know, you just need to get over it. So I, I had to find, I had to find out why I was feeling the way I did, but I wasn't going to group counseling because of my red flags. And then I did not want to go to, I went to a therapist session one time and then Mm -hmm. I didn't go back because I felt like that person didn't understand because they did not lose a child. And obviously now I've learned that people, you know, can understand, 
but at the time I didn't. So, and so what Mm. I did was I started reading, I started educating Mm. myself, I started taking classes and I, and that's where I got into neuro linguistics. And that's where I got into acceptance and um, acceptance therapy and commitment therapy. And, you Mm. know, that's where I started learning. Okay. Well, me feeling this way is okay because, you know, this is why it's okay. Oh, well, my mind's telling me this, this is why. And I, and I think that was like the biggest, the biggest three steps that I took was identifying that I'm going to do it and not look back and actually committing to it. And then finding out who I was through my morals, values, beliefs, my personality. And then, cause your personality kind of will show you how, you actually learn things and how you're going to grieve and how you're going to do. I did so much research and then I started educating myself and that's, that's the way I started my journey. And then after I did my journey, I was like, okay, well this, 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 this this works. I wonder if my friends that are losing children, because once you lose a child, you you're like, Oh my gosh, all these people lose children. And you realize you're not alone. Then I started helping them with what helped me you know, and, um, it works. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, so maybe I'm on to something. So for anybody that's going through anything or wanting to, to better themselves and be a better version of themselves is mm-hmm. commit to it, find out who you are and then educate yourself. Mm. I love that. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for that. Those steps are so important. And you said yeah. something really important. You got to do the work. There's no easy way around it. You know, there's just no easy way around it. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. You got to be willing to put in the work, but, but it's, but, but you're an, you're an example of it's, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. And it can be done and just find that thing that helps you to take one step forward. Um, Mm -hmm. so So thank you for that. So powerful. All right. And you do this. So this goes in very nicely. You do this so much and you just kind of tipped the iceberg on that at the end of our um, last talking point, but how we can support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically. And I think the unapologetically piece is really key here because there is so much shame for women around the loss of a child. Um, and it, a lot of it comes from the culture. A lot of it comes from narratives that we're surrounded with our entire lives, all kinds of different spaces. Um, and so that, you know, getting to that unapologetic piece and your journey with that, but also you just support other women so beautifully through your work. And, and like I said, you know, people, you can access that. You've got a new book that's out there's So there's also different ways that your work can be accessed. You can go to the website, you can access it, you can join a group, or you can get into more in-depth one-on-one. You can read a book. I mean, there's a lot of different ways and entry points that you invite women into this work and you do it unapologetically. But talk to me about your journey with getting to that unapologetic point. Yeah. Um, so I had to... <laughs> Basically, at first, when um, when I started my journey with it, is it really upset me that the people I thought were going to be there weren't there, and mm. you know, and now I realize, you know, they couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? They mm. they put them, they put their child in my child's spot, and they put, they just didn't understand. And yeah. you know, I had to get to a place and be like, you know what? Just because you can't talk about it doesn't mean that I'm not going to honor my child. My child has a legacy and my, his legacy started the day that he died. And mm-hmm. I'm still going to talk about my son because he's, and I talk about it in my book, he's part of my, my storybook, my life. Yeah. He's part of the chapters. And, I, and just because he's gone now, I'm not tearing those chapters out and starting all over again. Right. And, and once I made that decision, I don't. If it upsets you, it upsets you. You can, you know, there's the door or, you know, once you decide that my, once I decided that I was not going to put my, my son away and have it as a memory that once happened, then 
I, that's how I became unapologetic. I, I, I just, yeah. and I don't know how to say it other than that. And, you know, yeah. for women, um, you talked about women and, and the, the guilt, some, some women, terrible guilt. I see it all the time. And some people think, well, oh, well, I miscarried at five weeks. So, you know, yeah, I lost a child, but yeah, I'm just going to put away. That is your child. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if your child was you conceived and you were only five weeks pregnant or they lived until your child was 60 in the 60s and you were in your 80s. That's still yeah. your, your child. Um, and, yeah. and the sad part is, is society hasn't caught caught up with that yet. You know, like I think it's like you have to be 24 weeks all the way up to it's either 25 or 26 weeks. So they consider losing a child between that time frame. But you know, as well as I do, you know, women miscarry all the time and mamas lose adult children older than 25, 26, you know, you have to decide like for, for me, I had to decide, you know, I don't care. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm only going to put the people in my life that support me and that may not understand, but they will sit there and listen. And my child has that and understand that my child has an, has a legacy. And, you know, like for my, my husband, um, my husband, I divorced my, my husband, Caleb's dad. Mm. And so my, my husband now of 10 years, he doesn't understand my loss. He's never lost a child, but he has, you know, sympathy you know, he, he understands, um, to an extent and, and he lets me be And my daughter. She knows my son, you know, and you yeah. have to be un- unapologetic and that that's what I do every single day. And it's okay. Yeah. If everybody can't get on the same page as you, it's okay. Cause yeah. guess what? You are going to meet people in your child loss that will be your biggest cheerleaders. Um, women mm-hmm. that have other women that have lost children, no matter what stage they were in, they're your biggest cheerleaders to help pick you up. And you're yeah. going to meet new people. So if those people aren't on the same page with you, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to release them and say, you know what, maybe the person I am today and the journey I'm on now is different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you so many important things there. I mean, Sometimes re- not all relationships are for forever and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not. okay. You don't have to, you don't, you know, that doesn't mean anything bad mm-hmm. happened within the relationship. You just are on different paths, but you, that you're so, again, I just have so much respect for your, you know, really your commitment and absoluteness of what you believe. And I, if you feel, it feels like you've done this beautiful job of honoring the legacy while moving forward with your life and that mm-hmm. both can be true. You know, you can yeah. do both and it's so important to honor that. And also that you brought up the, the discussion about miscarriage all the way to losing an adult child, losing a child at any time is tragic. And, and the it, it doesn't matter when it happens. You're not supposed to have, your child's not supposed to go before you. I mean, that's, that is, you know, in, in the cycle of life, you talked about it earlier. And so when it does happen, it's very disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally. And so I'm so glad you brought that up. I had a miscarriage with, with, I had three daughters, had a miscarriage, would have been the fourth child was very early on. And I had kind of had that, this was, you know, this was a long time ago now. This was in the early, you know, early 2000s, probably 2000, summer of 2000, I think. So it's been a while, but within that, was, oh, I've already got three children. What am I upset about? Oh, you know, oh, I was, you know, when I, cause I literally just found out I was pregnant like that week. And I was like, mm-hmm. and it was a surprise. And I was like, oh my gosh, I already had three, you know, at, um, five and under. And at that time, my husband was traveling a lot for work and I was just having this sense of like overwhelm, like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, so then three days later losing it and then feeling guilty about those emotions. So I had all of this, like, I shouldn't feel bad because I have three kids already and I'm so lucky. And B, you know, I, oh, I'm feeling guilty about not being sure I wanted this fourth one three days earlier, just the overwhelm of that and sat in that very quietly for a lot of years. And those emotions don't go away. And because of the shame around it. And I think the same thing happens on the flip side. So I, all that to say, women, you're not alone. 
and mm-hmm. don't ever feel bad or feel guilty or shame about the grief and all the different thoughts that you go through. Those are natural. You need to feel them. You need to process them, own them, and but you don't need to apologize for them. Yeah. Okay, June, I know this is going to be like a big one for you because you have a lot of demands. You have got communities of women that you're working with. You have your book that's out there in the world now with sales for that. You've started a podcast. You've got a lot of demands on your time. And there's just probably things that you just can't say yes to all the time. So talk to me about um, coming back to your why and your values and everything you do and what helps you kind of shape the scope of what's for you and what's not for you or what's a wait for later. Mm-hmm. I, I think the big thing is, is whenever I go back to, I'm getting all these different things at one time thrown at me and it happens to everybody. Um, I have to go back to what's the most important thing to me and do I actually want it? I think that is like mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I do with a lot of things is, do I actually want this? And if I don't want to do it, and it sounds harsh by me saying it, I'm not going to do it. I'm only going to mm. do the things that are going to be good for me in my life. And whatever that that can be. And I am I'm very family oriented. So family's always first. And then sure. if I don't want to do something, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And that's, mm-hmm. um, that was a hard one for me to swallow because I thought that I always had to help everybody. I always had to do everything. And I'm not, I don't think you're being rude and I don't think that you're being um, a bad person, not accepting everything. And it goes back to the same thing of when um, we were younger and our friends wanted to go out, but we really didn't want to, but we thought we needed to, or, you know, yes. um, our parents wanted us to do something and we did it because our parents told us to do it, but we really didn't want to do it. And it's like that with everything work. It's like that with friends. And I just go back to my ground, my groundwork, you know, what, mm. what are my morals? What are my beliefs? What am, what do I believe and what do I want? And it's mm-hmm. so important to get back to that place because a lot of people will do it anyway. And yes. I had to learn the hard way that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that person and I'm not going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good answer. And, um, it sounds easy, but like coming to that and then be sitting with it and being okay with it is a whole other journey because you're a helper mm-hmm. by nature. So, mm-hmm. but I love that you are so like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is not what I'm going to do. And I feel good about that. And I'm committed to that. And I love where you've gotten with that. I think that's just really, really powerful and trusting yourself. Like you're trusting your intuition. You're trusting, nope, this is not for me. This is not the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't feel it. I'm not invested in it and I'm not going to do it. I think that's really powerful and an important thing for us to remember as we're analyzing, you know, the things that matter to us and the things that we can put our time into. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that a lot of people they have those gut feelings, but they try to say no, it's not really a gut feeling, and it's really a gut feeling. I mean, it's it's I'm telling you, the gut feeling, trust it, because a lot of people don't want to trust it, and it's hard. I'm not going to say that yeah. it was easy for me to do it, and then some days I still slip up and do something that I don't want to do. But um, yeah, but yeah, trust that gut. That gut will tell you every single time. It will. Such good, uh, such a good point. Thank you so much for that. Um, living out of your own expectations versus others. We've been talking about that without mm-hmm. saying it throughout this, where you have yeah. to really figure out, okay, I mean, I got to do this my way. And there's some people that aren't going to understand. I think you said something so key earlier about you got about a month after your son's loss. And then people were ready. Everybody else was ready to move on. And you see this with loss all the time, mm-hmm. where the people that don't directly experience the loss. They're there, they show up, they come into town. They're they're they they're there for you for like a 3 to 6 week, 8 week period depending on where they're coming from. Sometimes it's a week. And then they go back to their lives. And you're yeah. left there and it doesn't feel any less tragic to you that day that they leave than it did the day that it happened. But people, you know, so then you got to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I walk through this? And then, you know, just within the expectations of how you do that versus what everybody else around you is saying and how you work through that. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. 
Yeah. So when, when I was going through it and I was a people pleaser and, and to an extent I still am today, but I have, I have my limits, but you know, it was like, you should deal with child loss this way. You should have mm-hmm. this set period of time. And if you don't, you're crazy or you're all this stuff. And this is the mm-hmm. way it's got to happen. And you got to do all this stuff. And I got to a point and it was kind of around the same time that I decided I was just going to figure out, figure out this child loss thing that I was like, you know what? Uh-uh, I'm going to do it for me. And I had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so important because it's, it goes back to that whole thing. Like when you're in high school, you know, you're trying to please everybody and you have to, I guess, make your own path. And once you make your yeah. own path, then that's when you can truly be happy because if not, and you're doing what someone else is telling you to do, you got anger. You're usually ticked off because you have to do it and you're, you know, you really don't believe in it, but you're going to do it. And it just, it, it boggles the mind It boggles the mind and you have to come to a point and I'm going to live for me, you know, and, and yeah. whether it's, you know, I'm going to do what's best for, and, and this is what I tell people all the time. I'm going to do what's best for myself, my child and my husband. And mm. if I live by that, then I'm good. And, um, yeah. you know, but most of all, you got to live for yourself as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, I'm so glad you said that because if you don't first live for yourself, it's going to be very hard to show up the way you want to show up in relationships as well. If you're not showing up for yourself the way you want to show up. So I'm so glad you mentioned that, which um, this goes nicely into accepting the layered aspects of ourselves, all those parts, parts all those chapters, um, and I would think too, just, you know, okay, this is part, but then you, you know, you talk about now you have a daughter, you know, you, you, you had a, you had a child and all that goes with that. And, you know, I can't imagine the fear, um, that, that would go with that. And so not only accepting the layered aspects of what had happened to you, but also being able to move forward and do that thing again, that, has previously brought so much pain and trauma, you know, and, and just like embracing that as part of your journey as well. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah. So I had to learn how to accept that I was going to have those bad days. It did not matter whether, you know, I was 20 years in, 10 years in, I was still going to have those bad days, just like I had with my mom. And I had Mm -hmm. to learn to accept that this isn't something that's going to go away. It's just something Mm -hmm. that you have to learn to deal with. And I think people get so confused when people say, oh, well, you're going to heal and you don't. And Mm -hmm. um, you, you stay, you still have those scars. Um, Mm -hmm. I I saw uh, something um, in a book that I was reading at one time by Beth Hewitt, um, basically about a flower pot. If you crush it, if you crush that flower pot up and then put it back together, it's still, even though you glue pieces and you cement it and you make it smooth again and you decorate it and you put all these nice things and it looks beautiful on the outside. When you turn the cup inside, you still have those cracks and that, and it's like it, it's still going to be there. Mm. And I have a chance that I could slip back down in that spot, but I have to also know that I can also know how to pick myself back up. And I I think that is, that is so important for anybody going through anything at all. Yeah. So how has, so your daughter's born and Mm -hmm. was, was there, was there fear when she was born? Was there this, Mm -hmm. this desire? I'm just thinking about how I would be. So, um, I would desire to keep her close and just not let her out of your sight or it's cause I, I can't imagine that. So t- talk to me about yeah. that. So yeah, I went through a lot. I'm, I'm pro- me and you are probably right on the same page. <laughs> so, um, when, okay. Backstory with Caleb, I had a complete placental abruption with him. And oh, so it was wow. a very traumatic birth too. So I'll, I'll preface yeah. it by that. So when I, when I found out I was pregnant with Bella, I started having anxiety because I was worried that I was going to have another placental abruption. And 
that started my my anxiety right there when I got mm. pregnant. And then as we went along in the pregnancy and I started seeing um, uh, the uh, preeclampsia come up and everything again, uh, it oh, started, gosh. my anxiety went through the, the roof. Um, right. So it started there. It started there because I went back to that place of, oh my gosh, Caleb had a traumatic birth. And because of everything that happened to him from the traumatic birth, one day he fell asleep and didn't wake up and it's going to happen mm. to Bella. And, you know, mm. it, it obviously our mind, you know, throws all that stuff out there. Oh, to yeah. us. So when um, we made it through the pregnancy, obviously, and, you know, obviously I didn't have the placental abruption like I did. Uh, it was like a big relief. But then mm. I, started, I went to that place where I don't want anybody around her. I don't want um, her to go anywhere. I want to protect her. And then still today, I'm very, very protective of Bella. But I'm also working through that because I know that it, when she, as she gets older, she's nine now, so she's still young. But yeah. as she gets older, it's going to become a problem, especially when she hits those teenage years and stuff like that. Because I got, yeah. I got to, I get to just trust and believe. And and I and I used to tell myself all this all the time. I've already lived my worst day. Every day after that's going to be better than that day was. And I used to tell myself mm-hmm. that all the time. So I have to believe she's going to be okay. And I'm and mm-hmm. as she's gotten older, I've I've gotten better with it, but it's sure. still a work in progress. And then I think everybody's yeah. always a work in progress, you know, and I still sure. don't let her, you know, go spend the night at someone's house. And I still don't let her go on, you know, long extended field trips. And, you know, I still don't let her do those things, but I have to, my mind, in my mind, I have to allow it to happen. Now that doesn't mean mm-hmm. when she's doing these things that I'm allowing her to do, I'm not having anxiety and, you know, basically breathing yeah. in a brown paper bag, like, oh my gosh, hurry up and get home. And, <laughs> Oh, they said they were going to be home by two hours, you know, and it's two hours and five minutes. I have that stuff, but I have to know that that's me. I have to accept it and I have to realize that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And not even think about the negative aspect of it. Right. And I think there's so much power in recognition. You know that about yourself. You know that that's going to come up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then that enables you to put some tools in place of like, how am I going to deal with this today? Yeah. Um, you know, what am I going to do to occupy my time, my mind, mm-hmm. trust myself? How am I going to talk to myself? You know, whatever that is yeah. to get you through that time. Have you found things that work that that help you in those moments? Yeah. So like when she goes to, um, I mean, it was as little as when she went to her knee, her nini, her grandmother's house, I would get nervous, you know, I mean, they're not mm-hmm. doing anything. They went to go get ice cream. I would find stuff to do during that time. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times I, I volunteer at a cat shelter here and a lot mm-hmm. of times I would go out there and take pictures of the kittens and just, just do something. Um, or, you mm-hmm. know, I would go do and do something for me time, whatever me time looks right. like. Um, yeah. and, um, just do something for me so I could occupy and my time as much as possible till I knew that she would be home and right. or, until she is home. And, um, that's how that's how I do deal with it. I do something and usually it's something big that I can't really do when she's here because she is a sure. child. Um, you know, and it's like, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. So it's one of those things, one of those things that I know I could not do when she was here. I'll usually mm-hmm. do that and it will occupy my time. That doesn't mean that I don't have these little things that come in my head like, oh, you know, but um, yeah. that's basically what I do is I try to occupy my time where I'm not constantly sitting there thinking about it. Yeah, that's a, you know, I think that's that balance of acknowledging it. Yep, it's there. What can I do? Yeah. It, it, it's good for me. That's healthy for me. That's helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and as you look at your life too, I think it's hard sometimes when you look back at those hard things that have happened that sometimes you just are like, I can't believe that happened. I wish that didn't yeah. happen. We all, it, that's so true. At the same time, you get to a place of like, I am who I am today, mm-hmm. however many things that are go with that. So accepting all those parts, knowing that too, I bet, I, you know, so has that, how has that been for you? I think that you've spoke to it a lot, but um, how is it to just taking that whole package and yeah. accepting that as all the layers of your life? 
I think I think the phrase and and a lot of moms that have lost child, children don't like the phrase, but I use the phrase a lot. Everything happens for a reason, and I'm not saying that mm. it's a good thing that I lost my child. Obviously, let me get that out there right off the bat. It's you know it was yeah. really hard every single day, but I try to look at the positive on the other side of my child loss. Yes, that that really hurt, but. It, I have to, I realize with myself, and I actually said it, I say it in my book, I wouldn't have my daughter if I still had my son. And she means everything mm. to me. I wouldn't be helping all these women and have a purpose in my life if my son didn't pass away. I, I wouldn't have the husband that I have today and the life that I have today and, and be the person I am today if I did not go through that. And I think mm. that we can look and we can dwell and we can play that victim like we talked about earlier, or we can realize, mm. hey, we're the only one that considers ourselves a victim. Maybe, maybe I can do more and be more. And, um, mm. that's, that's kind of the way I look at it, you know? Yeah. It, it really, it really hurts, you know, and it hurts, you know, I mean, it, his birthday and his death day. I mean, I'm the week before on those days, I know from, you know, 11 years now experience that I'm going to have a rough week. And obviously my husband knows mm. and my daughter knows. Um, right. but yeah, I mean, that's, that's just basically how I try to look at it. And I try to look at there's a, there's a lot of things out there about negative, just negative words in general. So right. basically thinking of the positive versus the negative, mm-hmm. not saying that it was yeah. positive that you, your child died, but think of the positives that have happened and what have you done? How have you flourished since your child's loss? And that's what I try to right. look at. And, and I look at the memories that I have with my child. You know, he was only two and a mm. half. Well, he's a little bit, he's like mm. two and three months or what, you know. But um, yeah, I look yeah. at everything that he did that they said that he wouldn't be able to do because he was special needs, you know. And mm. he stood and he talked and he laughed and he, he did all these things. We took him to the Bahamas. I'd like to think about that because the, the thing mm. with the mind is – that last experience that you had with a specific person is the last thing that you, your mind's going to automatically bring you back to. But you have to train your mind sure. to go to the positive stuff. So when I was starting out the yeah. journey, when I would think of my son, all I would think of is his death and what we went through that day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had to go back to... Let me think about when he actually stood and they said that he couldn't stand. Let me let me think about, you know, when he smiled. Let me think about all these different things that we did, going to the Bahamas with him and everything that happened there. And that's what you have to do. Um, yes, you've yes. had that traumatic event, whether it's loss or whether it's some other kind of traumatic event. Because, I mean, let's face it, women go through, we go through abusive relationships. We have, I mean, you, I could go down a whole line of things that as women we go through. And, um you know, mm-hmm. you can either look at it or you can change it and you can think more yeah. positive of it. And I just, I just choose to think positive of what's happened since that helps me, that, that helps me. And and I know that it helps other women that I've dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you do such a beautiful job of balancing of you don't, you're not stuffing things. You're walking through them, dealing with them, mm-hmm. recognizing them but you're also seeing the places you had choice and, and roads that you chose to go down within that. I, I think that's such a powerful balance um, of things because I, I, for me, I'm like emotions. I think we put too much negative, positive connotation. We, mm-hmm. and, and emotions are emotions. They're tools. They allow us to, to understand what it is we need to walk through. But to, you know, that mm-hmm. just that balancing act, you know, acknowledging that, you know, that day, that week before, he passed is always going to be difficult for me. That's okay. It should be difficult for me. It was a tragic loss, but I've still moved forward. I'm still have a, this life today. I have this daughter. I have this partner. I have this flourishing um, work that I do that makes an impact and difference. And so I, I just really um, have so much respect for how you've, you manage that and balance that. I think it's really beautiful. And it's, has to be so empowering to the women you work with because when women see, when you see other people doing it, it gives you permission to do it too. Yeah. You know, yeah. it gives you permission to like, it's okay for me to be happy. It's okay yeah. for me to be content. I can mm-hmm. both be 
be miss this person and honor their legacy and their memory and remember the good days. And at the same time, move forward and have a beautiful life. Um, right. Because that's just, that is life. Life is all the joys, all the fears, all the sadness, all the greatness. It's all that's that whole package. And I just have so much admiration for how you have, how you're, you're walking that out. I just think it's really beautiful. All right. In living out feel, the name of our podcast, Finding Empowerment, Embracing Layers. How has that, we've been talking about that. So it's really like a summary. How has that affected your relationship with yourself as well as your relationship with others? Yeah, I I think just in general, I had to realize and accept, and we talked about acceptance, accept who I am for who I am, you know, for Mm -hmm. what I am, what I believe in. And I, as it goes with, with others, you know, I have to, they have to accept me for who I am. And then I think, Mm -hmm. I think that is the accepting all of me, knowing that Mm -hmm. all my days aren't going to be happy and understand Mm -hmm. that. And I tell, tell the women, this is like, where we're told this fairy tale about how life is going to be. And maybe Mm. to an extent, that's what we believe up until a traumatic event. And, and then we expect, and then after that traumatic event, we expect that, that healing thing that we were talking about. And it's just not the case. And I I think that me knowing and accepting that, you know, tomorrow I might have a bad day. I think that's the big, a big thing. And it was big thing with Mm -hmm. feel is like accepting me for who I am and realizing that that's just who I'm going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Oh, I love that. It's really good. Really good description of that. Thank you so much. Okay. We are down to our rapid fire. Uh, Name five activities that nourish you. Um, In the morning time, um, I have my me time, what I call my me time. Um, I get up early in the morning. I get up at five every morning and between five and about quarter till six, that's my me time, whether it's me going and drinking my coffee and just sitting in silence thinking about my day. If it is um, just me scrolling to see the news, which sometimes the news can be really depressing. So um, it depends on my my morning, what I'm feeling or what am I going to have to do today and trying to get my head straight. And I found that that really helps me a lot. Um, Another thing that I do is like I write a lot of my thoughts down um, for two mm. different reasons is one is to get it all out of my head. And number two is I forget I'm a forgetful person. So um, yeah. I write it, I write it down. And because I have so much going on, I feel like in my head, and I'm thinking of so many things at one time, that that really helps me to get it out. And, and I'm not saying like, mm. write three pages worth of stuff, maybe it's just a thought, or maybe it's just something really quick. And I either do it on I have a journal. I either do it in my journal or I do it on my phone under notes and just to get it out of mm. my, my head space is what I say. Um, yeah. A lot of times I do a third thing that I do is I live in, I live in Georgia, so it's kind of country and they say country roads, but um we don't, we do have dirt roads here, but not many anymore, but I ride with, <laughs> ride quiet with my pup. Um, I have my ride or die mm-hmm. dog, um, Oliver, and we ride and, um, just, just the quiet. Cause I'm not, when I get in the car, I like quiet and just my, have my thoughts mm-hmm. going. I do that a lot. Um, that helps me kind of clear my head and get to think in, yeah. I don't know if it's safer, but I do it. Um, and then, <laughs> um, a lot, uh, if I want to, I'm a big person with educating. I think the more, the more you know about your mind and the more you know about yourself as a person, um, you're a better person. You're a more intelligent person. Um, even if it's not some kind of special school you have to pay for. So I listen to a lot of things, whether it be something on YouTube about mindset or just positive thinking or a podcast Mm -hmm. like this, or just something to kind of clear my mind and get my mind thinking in maybe a different direction or maybe mm-hmm. what I was thinking, kind of reaffirming that the way I'm going and the way I think is cr- the correct way to think. Um, because mm-hmm. we can, I found as a person, we can make ourselves think something that's not really true. And, and yeah. then you see it a lot with, with trauma and stuff like that. Um, you, mm-hmm. you, 
you think something, but it's really not the truth. So it's good just to get other people's aspects on different things. So I do like sure. doing that a lot. And then um, my final thing is definitely sleep. Um, mm. I believe that, and at least I know that if I don't get sleep and I don't eat, I'm very grouchy. So yes. um, and I'm not the best person to be around. So sleep is a definite and sleep also, your mind cannot function like it should if you don't have the proper sleep. And I think yeah. especially as women and as career women, as women and as moms, we lack the sleep and it's not good for yes. our mind. And we can't, we can't think straight. You know, everybody's yeah. like, you know, you hear all these people, oh, they're crazy. No, we're not crazy. We just need sleep. So I think <laughs> sleep, <laughs> we're not crazy. We just need sleep. If we got sleep, like you got sleep, we'd be all right. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's another, another thing too, is sleep. I, I really need, I need eight hours. I love getting eight hours. Now, sometimes that doesn't happen, but I at least try to get six hours a night. Um, yeah. But I just think the more sleep, the more your brain can relax and you can get in that realm sleep and just actually refresh yourself. Yeah. Oh, I think that last one is such an important one and one we can never put enough emphasis on because we just kind of treat, got to drink water, we got to sleep, we got to eat. Oh, yeah. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. And don't underestimate the power of those things and how mm -hmm. those basic needs, those basic needs are so important to how we yeah. show up every day and the way we're able it to is. function in the world and our health. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's so important. So I'm so glad you hit on sleep because I think that, that we can't lose sight of how important that is to our health and the effects of not having it, not just on our mind and not our brain not working straight, but just our bodies in general need that, yeah. that time and rejuvenation. So true. So true. Thank you for that. All right. Five words and how you want to feel the next six months. Happy. I still, I still want to feel happy and happy could mean a, a ton of different things, but I just want to be happy. Be, I guess content might be the better word for it. I want to be content where I'm at and be happy at the point that I'm at in my journey. Um, I think mm -hmm. that is a, that is one of the big ones. Um, I want to be enlightened. I always, I guess, enlightened, educated. I want, I want to learn something new. I want to be, mm -hmm. you know, enlightened on different ways to do things. And I'm not saying that I possibly would change the way that I view things, but just enlightened on how other people. And I think that you can get along with other people and you can, be better in society if you understand where they come from, even if you don't believe them. But I want to be enlightened, yeah. um, organized. I am working on, I want to be organized, um, just organized in my thoughts, organized in the way that I do things. Um, I think that's going to be a big one in the next six months. Um, I'm, I'm starting it now and it's, you know, when you start something new, you're like, Bleh, but I am starting it now. <laughs> um, so we're, we're getting there. And then um, I want to be calm. Um, I, I feel like when I'm dealing with my triggers and when I'm doing things like that, like sometimes I'm, I'm like over anxious about my triggers and stuff like that. And just being around a lot of people cause I'm introverted and, um, I, I totally want to be, have more calm and I want to, with that calm, I want to recognize them more. So definitely calm, um, mm -hmm. and not freak out as, as much mm -hmm. as I, I think I do sometimes and I don't like I used to, but still it's just like, yeah. I could be calmer at times. Like this isn't a big deal. <laughs> so um, I definitely, I definitely want to be calmer. And I think the last thing is I want to feel accomplished. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a huge accomplishment. Um, obviously yeah. like you know, we spoke about earlier was, you know, my book, you know, I feel accomplished with it and now I'm not selling millions of copies a day, but I just want to keep having that feeling of being accomplished and remembering where I'm at taking those baby steps. So definitely accomplished yeah. too. Yeah. Such good points. I loved what you said about enlightenment too, about the power of, I think sometimes we lose sight of people's humanity when they don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to, if we're ever going to make any real change, we've got to keep seeing each other as human yeah. and not lose the humanity and, and be able to separate the people from the opinion and just remember mm -hmm. that we are all 
humans. And if we're going to make any strides, we've got to be able to see each other that way and treat each oh, other yeah. in that manner. So powerful. And be that continuing to learn. You've got to be open and willing to learn if you're going to stay yeah. in that space. It's really easy to get locked in to one area and not expand from that. And uh, so it's so powerful in that. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Your authenticity and vulnerability and courage and bravery and sharing your story. And, you know, you talked about, you know, one feeling accomplished, you know, earlier. And I think it's so important to remember just the impact you're having and you're reaching and getting to women who need to hear your story and need to be part of your community. They need that support. And that is so much less about numbers than it is impact of the women that need it are can get it. And we make it broadly available so they can learn more about you, which leads me nicely to if you want to learn more about um, what June has to offer, um, how you can be, learn more about her community, her coaching, her book, and the incredible resource that that is, you go to um, embracinglayers.com, check out the resources, look for June Kraholic Collins, June K. Collins, and you will see all of her resources there and how you can follow her, find her, connect with her, buy her book. Such a wonderful resource. Um, you know, for people that have lost children, but also for grief, I think in general, um, grief is a tricky little thing. And I, whenever we have any kind of a loss and any kind of grief, June's got some great insight and wisdom and experience that can be helpful to you. But thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate the work you do in the world and have so much respect for your taking your story and something so difficult and turning it into such a powerful tool to help others. Yeah, I appreciate you for letting me share the story. Um, it's a it's a different one. So I'm glad that I have this platform to share it with. Well, people need to hear it. Women need to know that they're not alone in this and they're not yeah. alone out there and there's places they can turn to and people that understand and can walk it out with them. So thank you so much again for your time today. Uh, again, um, embracinglayers.com is where you can find these resources for June, find this episode, find the blog um, to learn more about her and get some other insight. Follow us on our Substack where you can make comments and get into conversations with other people on this topic. Um, we're going to provide some tools of engagement along with the resources from June. So jump on our Substack. It's free. Join that community. Let's start talking about this and, and creating safe spaces for people to show up. And, but thank you again for your time today, June. Um, we appreciate you. you so much. And the um, podcast audience, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you it was helpful to you. If not for you, for someone that you might know that is walking through this, that you can turn them to these resources. But um, thanks again. Let us know how we can support you um, and have a great week. Finding empowerment, embracing layers, yeah. We